Section 64 of United States Senate Election Expulsion and Censure Cases, 1793-1990, to by Anne M. Butler. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Joanne Turner. Case 62. Francis W. Sykes, 1816-1883, versus George E. Spencer, 1836-1893, Alabama. Election case, December 13, 1872, to May 20, 1876. Issues, Reconstruction, Challenge to Legislature's Authority to Elect, Rival Legislatures. Chronology, Credentials Presented, December 13, 1872. Referred to Committee, December 8, 1873. Committee Report, April 20th. 1874. Senate vote, May 28, 1874. Referred to committee, December 16, 1875. Committee report, May 20, 1876. No Senate action. Result, Spencer retained seat. Background. In 1872, Intense political fights in Alabama produced two separate bodies claiming to be the proper legislature, each of which elected a United States senator. One group, called the State House Legislature because it met in the state capitol, elected Democrat Francis W. Sykes, a physician. The action of this legislature was recognized by the outgoing Democratic governor, Robert B. Lindsay, although he did not sign any credentials. The second group, the Courthouse Legislature, elected Republican George E. Spencer, a native of New York and a former Union Army officer who had been serving in the Senate since 1868. This latter election was recognized by the incoming Republican governor, David P. Lewis, who signed the credentials for Spencer. Once again, intrastate discord in the wake of Reconstruction set the stage for dissension in the United States Senate. Statement of the Case At the special session of the Senate in March 1873, George Spencer and Francis Sykes claimed the same senatorial seat. When Spencer stepped forward to be sworn in on March 6th, James A. Bayard, Jr., Democrat of Delaware, objected, asking that both sets of credentials be sent to the Committee on Privileges and Elections. Republican Roscoe Conkling of New York, however, urged the Senate to continue its usual practice of seating a senator who presented credentials that were on their face valid and then allow the Committee on Privileges and Elections to conduct an investigation. Bayard insisted that the credentials for Sykes should be read to the Senate, along with those of Spencer, even though they were not in the proper form and not signed by the governor. Not all Democrats agreed, however, for others urged that Spencer be seated while the Committee carried out its investigation so that Alabama would not be deprived of her right to representation upon the floor of the Senate. They felt particularly strongly 
in light of the recent case of Alabama's other senator, George Goldthwaite, Democrat, who had waited almost a year before finally being seated. See Case 56. Precedents were cited by senators to support each approach. After considerable debate, the Senate agreed to have the clerk read the credentials of Sykes, which were in the form of a memorial signed by the President of the Senate and Speaker of the House of the Legislature that elected him. During the debate, information arrived from Alabama that the state Supreme Court had recognized as the legitimate legislature the Courthouse General Assembly that elected Spencer. On March 7th, after further discussion, the Senate rejected two motions by Bayard that consideration of the case be postponed for another day or that both sets of credentials be referred to a special five-member committee. George Goldthwaite, still smarting from the months he had been forced to wait before being sworn, supported the claim of Francis Sykes, urging that, at the very least, the two sets of credentials should be referred to a committee. The Senate, however, ignored his plea, and George Spencer came forward to take the oath of office. But the controversy continued. When the 43rd Congress convened in December 1873, John Gordon, Democrat of Georgia, requested that the memorial of Francis Sykes and the appropriate documents be referred to the Committee on Privileges and Elections. Aware of continuing discord in Alabama, the Senate agreed. Response of the Senate On April 20, 1874, a divided committee submitted majority and minority reports. The committee had attempted to identify which of the two Alabama legislatures was the legitimate one, so that the seat could go to the senator it had elected. The State House body included a number of Democratic members who had election certificates, even though they had not been elected, while the courthouse group included the Republicans who had in fact, been elected to those seats, but had no certificates. Without the questionable members, the State House legislature would have had no quorum, and with those actually elected who had no certificates, the courthouse legislature did have a quorum. Subsequently, a compromise had been reached under the auspices of the U.S. Attorney General in which the conflicting legislatures were merged and the Republican legislators from the contested counties seated. According to the majority report, supported by all the Republicans on the committee, quote, were the Senate to hold Sykes's election to be valid, it would follow that erroneous certificates delivered to men conceded not to be elected had enabled persons who, in fact, ought not to vote for a senator to elect a senator to misrepresent the state for six years, unquote. The situation thus required them to choose between the form and the substance, arguing that the incoming legitimate governor, Lewis, recognized only the courthouse legislature, 
the majority of the committee upheld the right of George Spencer to his place in the Senate. The two committee Democrats, Eli Salisbury of Delaware and William T. Hamilton of Maryland, protested vehemently, asserting that without the necessary qualifying certificates, the courthouse legislature constituted nothing more than an illegal gathering. They pointed out that although the two competing legislatures had subsequently been merged, that action had occurred a week or more after the elections for U.S. Senator were completed and should have no bearing on the validity of those elections. They also stressed the failure of those without certificates to take the appropriate steps to contest the election of those in the State House legislature. If the Senate granted the seat to Spencer, they hinted, it would raise suspicions of partisanship. During the ensuing debate, the background on the dual legislatures emerged. Oliver H.P.T. Morton, Republican of Indiana, the chairman of the Privileges and Elections Committee, charged that there had been a conspiracy to obtain a Democratic majority in the legislature. Among the details, an official in one county had issued an injunction against counting the votes for legislative candidates from that county. The uncounted votes were sufficient to have elected Republican candidates from that area, and the lack of those votes led to the election of their Democratic opponents. The Secretary of State promptly issued certificates of election to these Democratic legislators. Two days later, the injunction against counting the ballots was lifted, and county officials reported the Republican candidates as elected, but the Secretary of State refused to correct the certificates. There were allegations in other counties that large numbers of Republican votes had been illegally thrown out. After considerable emotional debate, the Senate acted on May 28, 1874. After defeating by a vote of 11 to 33, an amendment declaring that George Spencer had not been elected, the Senate by voice vote agreed with the majority report and permitted Spencer to retain his seat. But Spencer's troubles with his Senate seat did not end there. On December 16, 1875, Spencer asked the Senate to investigate charges made by a new and hostile Alabama legislature that he had secured his seat through corrupt means, and the Senate referred the matter to committee. On May 20, 1876, the Privileges and Elections Committee dismissed as worthless hearsay the allegations that Spencer offered money or any object of value in return for votes in the legislature. The committee asserted that those who claimed to have received money for their votes did not appear before it, and the admission of the second-hand testimony could only contribute to scandal while proving nothing. Although complaints of Republican malfeasance in the southern states multiplied during the Reconstruction years, in this instance, 
the committee did not consider them sufficiently substantiated to act upon. Conclusion. In March 1876, at the recommendation of the Committee on Privileges and Elections, the Senate granted Francis Sykes the compensation of a senator from March 1873 to May 1874, while the case had been under consideration. That decision had been delayed for two years because some senators objected to the existing precedent that those unsuccessfully contesting a senatorial election should receive compensation, fearing it might encourage frivolous election challenges. Some also believed that Spencer and other senators who successfully defended their seats deserved to have their expenses paid as well, although such payments had never been made in the past. Sykes continued to live in Alabama until his death in 1883. In 1885, George Spencer sought and received more than $7,000 from the Senate as compensation for his expenses incurred during the corruption investigation. Spencer remained in the Senate until 1879, after which he became commissioner of the Union Pacific Railroad. Later involved with ranching and mining in Nevada, Spencer died in 1893 in Washington, D.C. End of Case 62 and of Section 64